With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The shark bait has such teeth there, and it shows them pearly white. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to this latest episode of Macklin's Take with me, Andy Clark, and Matt Macklin. As always, we are in the surroundings of the Hilton at Wembley Park because we're off to the boxer show later on. Matt, working for Sky, I'm working for Talksport tonight, and we are in the company of a man who's got a couple of fighters. On the bill, friend of the show, always good to get him on because it doesn't really matter what subject we raise, um, he's always got an interesting opinion on it, Mr Joe Gallagher. Joe, how are you? Not too bad, Andy, thanks for having me on. Hello, Matthew, you okay, mate? Yeah, all good, all good. good. I was just saying before and uh, how much Wembley's changed with, like you say, the high rises and that, and like someone mentioned to me in the team before, yeah, because you haven't been here with United for a few years, have you, mate? So, uh, yeah, but it has changed here now, hasn't it, mate? It's so different. It's so different. I, I, I first started coming here when I got down to London. When I started working for TalkSport covering football and early 2000s, it was, it's just nothing like it is now. And, and it changed a lot in the time that England were away. And then when they came back, once Wembley had been reopened, it had kind of kicked up a gear. And now it's just it's totally unrecognisable. People would say exactly the same thing about the area I live in around around the Olympic Park because it's it is it is the same that kicked up a gear when the Millennium Dome came in now as we know as the O2 and then um, and then the Olympics and everything that happened off the off the back of that you see this this is what I'm talking about we, we kicked off the podcast and we've immediately gone into some property chat and I wasn't expecting that <laughs> you know I'm thinking there you know when you think about how like there's such a shortage of houses and people can't get on the property ladder and, you know and, and they're building like mad aren't they because there's so few houses I'm thinking to myself where, where was everyone living before? <laughs> or, was everyone, or, was it, or was it like 20 years ago, was everyone just shagging like mad and all of a sudden the population just like quite doubled? It's just, you know. It's mad, isn't it? Was everyone living before? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I, I don't really have the answer. But, I mean, it is interesting up your way. We are going to get onto some boxing in a bit, but it is interesting up your way, isn't it? Because Manchester, 
his it has been for ages actually just a kind of cool trendy city and then is it fair to say that with the arrival of the BBC and Media City and all that kind of thing it kind of just that that took it to a another level in terms of prices and desirability and all that kind of thing I know a lot of people have moved up there yeah definitely and I also think as well I think with Covid as well um, everyone that was living in the cities um, what decided to, to move away and get more for the money but I was saying to Matthew before I was looking around at some of these new build apartments here and they're going for like four seven five two bedroomed that's just the same as what they are going for in Manchester at the moment our Altrincham Cheshire way so it's um, yeah, it's just a mad sign of the times and also to Matthew there as well where, where was everyone earning all the money in lockdown? Because all of a sudden everything's priced up. Everyone's affording to buy anything, everything. So it's... Uh... <laughs> we're saving their furlough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think that's it. I think that, that, basically, that basically is it. Because I think there's always winners in any situation, aren't there? And, and I think some people profited out of, out of lockdown. Mm-hmm. We're, I mean, we're all self-employed. I know mm-hmm. you're on staff with, with, yeah. with SkyMap, but you've got your other interests. So we're all self-employed, yeah. so it wasn't, it wasn't exactly good news for any of us. Yeah, but yeah. but if, you've got a, if you've got a solid job and your employees didn't need to furlough and, and that kept ticking over and you're not really spending any money, then you could have come out on the, on the right side of it. Yeah, them Amazon drivers must be on some rate. <laughs> <laughs> the ones who live around us do anyway. My wife just had like two or three Amazon deliveries. A, I barely go out of the house at times now. But... Um, Anyway, anyway, um, on to other matters. And I'll see if I can provide some kind of neat segue here. Talking of another explosive, thriving market, that'll do. Um, Boxing, broadcasting, um, and fighters, the promotional scene, everything really over the last few months, the last six months. It's got to a place that I've never really experienced before I don't think in terms of the amount of options there are for fighters and Matt you used to be a manager Joe you are one of a, a trainer as well of course promoter now too is that an accurate statement that maybe now is one of the best times there has been to be a fighter for a long time or is there almost is it possible to have too much choice um I think it is a, a good time um I think for journeymen I said the, the, the amount of journeymen that are in work at the moment and because of some countries still red-listed and they're, they're having to bring them in and they're up in their rate because um, they know they're high in demand. Um, for fighters, like you say, you, you, you've got everything now. Like you say, Sky, BT, yeah, YouTube, The Zone, Fight Zone. You've got so many, Channel 5. You've got so many outlets there now for boxers to be seen out there to try and go and get sponsorship, to try and raise the brand, create the brand. And like fighters now with social media, they try and create their own brand, brand on their own platform, on the, on the gram, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and everything else. Um, yeah, no, it is, I feel, one of the most busiest. You only have to look at the British Boxing Board of Control list of events for weekends. There's like 10, 11 shows on a Saturday night now in the UK. I think December the 11th coming up has got to be another amount of silly shows. There was a good few shows last night in the UK. There was one at your call and there's a, a number of shows again tonight. So it's like the amount of shows that's out there. And there's lots of fighters, lots of coming into it from the uh, white-collar game. Um, there's a lot of people, I think that the applications for people uh, to get the pro license is at an all-time high as well. Um, you see lots of debutants fighting on shows now as well. So, yeah, it's like um, the floodgates have opened is a better way of, of uh, saying it. I mean, yeah, I, just, just, I, mean, I do feel like where we have been in the last sort of six months with boxing and currently right now, 
it is unprecedented. It's never been like this before. There was all, you know, the way things used to be, you go way back, it was like ITV or BBC and then, or in America it was HBO and, you know, that's, you knew where to go for the boxing where right now it's, it's great because there's so much boxing shows happening, so many platforms to get exposure. But I think also with that comes, it's become a little bit diluted. And it's, it's quite, you know, fragmented. And it's, I think if you're just a casual Joe Bloggs fan that watches a few fights, you, 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 you think, well, well, it looks a bit messy, I would imagine, where... And it is a little bit messy right now because uh, people are thinking, who, who, who's, who's going to win the race here? Which, which horse do I jump on? A little bit, I think, um, you know, Ed, Eddie had an exclusive deal with Sky Sports, which was... It was Sky Sports is the sports channel because in England, it's the Premier League, isn't it? That's most men. That's the number one sport. That's the sport that everyone follows and everyone... Sky Sports News, you know, already having that deal and that exclusive deal, it gave him a lot of power and he was able to develop stars taken from the, you know, the 2012 Olympics, Anthony Joshua. It was almost like a perfect storm. You know, nine, year, nine ten years on from that, we're in a very different place. He's obviously that he's done a different deal. He's gone over to the zone. Streaming apps are happening now. You know, not just the zone. You know, your Amazon Prime, your Netflix, all this thing. But in sport, he's, they're really going for it with the zone. And then, you know, fight TV, Triller. You know, the, the, so from from a, from a fighter's point of view, there's no there's no end of opportunity for you to get out there and box. But it's like then you. But it, but I'm guessing if I was a fight back, that if I was still fighting back now, let's say thinking, well, you know. Who do you, you don't really want to sign a long-term deal with anyone that's not proven or tested because mm. you don't want to take the big money up front as a carrot and then you, you're tied into a deal that really was a mistake. So you're thinking, yeah, well, I know Eddie's, Eddie's proven and tested. You know, Frank on BT is proven and tested. And, you know, BT, and, uh, and, you know, Sky Sports, or Ben Shalom isn't proven and tested, but Sky Sports is. Mm-hmm. And it's a linear platform, and it's, an, it's it's the sports channel in the UK, which is with the football and the Premier League. So, you know, and then who's advising you? You know, you you, you, you really you want to be taking advice from someone that's been around the while and has seen the changes that have happened that can give you a well-informed, you know, advice. Where at the minute there's probably a lot of cowboys around yeah. <laughs> guessing. I, 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 you made some good points there, Matthew. One of them as well is, is fighters. Now it depends what the want. Because we've got now so what we call YouTube fighters in the sport, so our professional fighters now wanting to win a world title or make money. Obviously, we've got Tommy Fury coming up now, going fighting Jake Paul, but he's never fought for a British and English or, or whatever. So, but he's looking after himself and his family. Um, obviously, Billy Joe, a world champion, double world champion, was on the undercard of, of one of them. So the fighters themselves, where do they go with the belts, the fragmentation with the belts? You've seen what Boxing News did now by not recognising them, making them attend. And I feel we've been here before with what Eddie's doing at the moment. Frank, years ago, had Sky, left Sky and went to Box Nation. It was a great idea at the time and a bit ahead of the time, one could say at the time, do you understand? And here is Eddie going doing it again. Um, I've always said with the two of them, because that's all it was at the time, it was either match with Mick Hennessy, obviously, for Channel 5, um, but always the time, and I felt 10 years ago, Eddie came to Matchroom, and I thought Eddie became a snooker player. Eddie went out and signed Ricky Burns, Kel Brook, Scott Quigg, Anthony Crawler, Tony Bellew, people in around Manchester, in around the country, and took the show on the road. Then he built up a pay-per-view show in Liverpool that had Bellew, Kel Brook, Kevin Mitchell, them on it, they went to behave stars. Frank Warren at the time had Joe Kawasaki, Naz, Ricky Hatton, 
bit like Eddie has now, the headliners, the undercard, it was just, oh yeah, we'll just throw him on, oh we'll just throw them on. He was what I call a pool player, he just got the day and filled it. The roles are reversed now, I feel. I feel Eddie has the headline act, but the undercards have never that good. Frank, in the meantime, the last year, year and a half, has signed up all the ABA champions, not necessarily the Olympians, but all the ABA champions that can fight, all the boys club class C champions, if that's what it's still called. And the amount of talent pool he's got come through with kids, Dennis McCann, all that coming through, Sam Noakes. And you just think to yourself, he's got two heavyweights there as mandatories uh, in number one positions uh, Linda Nath of Yard but I just think in around eight, in another year's time that stable has got to be booming with in-depth quality does that make sense it's mad how the roles are reversed that now Frank's become the snooker player and Eddie's the pool table if it makes sense what I said there yeah, I mean, the, the snooker player and the pool player, I hear what you're saying. I use, I, I mentioned, and I've said this before to Andy, I said it's like, uh, if you've seen the film Moneyball, I said everyone's going for the first draft, the first draft, but if you just let, let you know, like I say, Eddie's getting the first draft because he's kind of been the man as now, but if you pick up the pick, pick, pick up the, uh, the fighters he doesn't, he's not even looking at, there's a lot of good fighters out there, you know, and, and that sounds like what Frank's doing, like you say, he, all right, maybe he's not grabbing the Olympians, but he's picking up the ABA champions, and you know, and if you pick carefully and you look the ones with the pro style or the ones who can bang or have got an exciting style, you know, in a year or two, and you keep them busy, and he's, you know, the boxing six, seven, eight times a year, or whatever, you know, and they're stepping them up, making good fights, you know, that, that, you don't know where that could, that, that could go to, and, and who knows with, with, with the zone, I mean, it's, as of now, we, look, we're, all, we're all immersed in boxing, so the zone's been a staple part of our diet for the last two or three years, whatever it has been when they announced the deal with Eddie, but, and I was surprised at this, I was over in Ireland the weekend, seeing my dad and that, and None of them knew what the zone were in the pub. And these, oh we're God. in this pub, oh and all these people are mad sports fans. Yeah. They're all mad sports. We're yeah, talking yeah. about hurling, Gaelic football, we're talking about the Premier League, we're talking yeah. bucks, we're talking yeah, everything, yeah. every sport, yeah. steeped in sport. And we're on about Jason Quigley yeah. fighting for the World Title. And they're going, oh, what, what channel's that on? And I'm saying, the zone, they didn't have a no. clue. I, I was shocked yeah. that they didn't know. It was the same when I went back home to see my dad there, just after the Josh Warrington show, and um, I said, oh, Katie Taylor won a lot. And my sister, who's a big Katie Taylor fan, was like, didn't know she was fighting. I went, no, oh, yeah, she was on. Oh, because they're so used to just Sky, there it is on Sky, and that's the power, and that's the big thing. They're a bit like Frank out of Box Nation, trying to drive everyone to a nap at the time. And it's the same, like you say, with the zone now, where they're trying to drive everyone to that the zone. I know they made a video of how easy it's upload with Bazaar and Eddie there in the house, trying to do it in a cup of tea. But, like you say, you've got fights on with Dennis Hobson's show as well. He, he's, he's firing up. Do you know what I mean? YouTube, there's, there's lots of quality... Um, fighters out there to be spread along but like you say it can dilute it but what are we looking to sell are we looking still the hardcores are we still looking for the undisputed world title or are fighters now like you say Tommy Fury Jake Paul just for an example there I said to Callum Johnson the other day, I said, what if you got a call? He went, for the money they're paying too, right? I'd rather fight Jake Paul than B2BF, do you know what I mean? It's, that's, that's how it is, that's where the money is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it is. It, it is interesting. I think it's um, it's going to be interesting. I think in a year or two, when this all settles, like every, how it falls out. But I mean, I seen, I seen, I don't know when it was now. Probably a year or a couple of years ago, I seen Frank. Uh, maybe it was at a show or something. I can't remember. We were chatting away, and, and you know, Eddie was on about. Um, it wouldn't have been long after Eddie did the zone. He was, he was into it. He'd done a few shows and that, and he said, he just said to me, look. I know that model doesn't work. I tried it. I went for it. I had a go. It was the, you know, I never worked harder in my life. Mm. He said it was so hard. And, you know, eventually I'd come out of it and I sold out. He said, but it, it just doesn't stack up because you can't promote the shows. It's like, you know, you, what you can't underestimate with Sky 
is the power of that Sky Sports News mm. as a marketing machine. Yeah. Because in England, in Britain, yeah. every most men watch Sky Sports News because yeah. they're looking to see what the, the latest news of football is. You're in a deli, you're in a cafe, you're in the pub. Wherever you are, you're in the gym, Sky David Sports Lodge, News is whatever. constantly on. So if they and if Sky Sports News is behind the boxing event, yeah. you, you can't not know what's going on. But you think that now we're back in the day, Box Nation, Frank, you know, in, to know Box Nation show was on, you had to already have Box Nation yeah. or you had to buy the Boxing yeah, News. Yeah. And now you're getting into the absolute niche, yeah. really niche. Ah, cool. Now, it's a little bit different because it's a bigger budget, obviously, a much bigger budget at the zone. And, you know, social media is a lot bigger now. Mm. But even in social media, you've got to be following that. To, to, do you know, yeah, yeah. like I say, we, we, for us, the zone is just an absolute staple part of and has been for, for several years. But we're all immersed in boxing. Mm-hmm. You talk to your pal who's, yeah, he'll watch Joshua and Fury. Some of them guys don't even, they, like I say, I, I, I was genuinely knocked back at they, that they didn't even know or never heard of the zone. I couldn't believe it. Hey. Hey, everybody. Sitting here with a famous Slovenian philosopher. How are you doing, sir? I am uh, in health, thank you. Are you uh, excited about something? I am excited about this latest uh, CIA-funded venture. A CIA venture? Yes. It's called The Desire and Capital Podcast. Oh, what is it about? I refuse your fascist question. Well, there you have it. Listen to the Desiring Capital podcast coming soon to a bourgeois platform near you. On your marks, get set, go. Well, that's the challenge that they've got. That's the challenge that they've, they've always had. I've, I've just changed the lead on this microphone, so if it sounded a bit tinny beforehand, hopefully it sounds a, a little bit better now. I'm, I'm a multitasker. I can do these things. Some podcasts have been possible, but when you got Macklin and Gallagher in full flow, I could have gone out, bought a new one, and come back and uh, I'd have time to do it, which is absolutely we'll still brilliant. be here tonight. Just to pick up on something you said, Joe, which I thought was really interesting, you described Box Nation as being ahead of its time. And I think you're right. I think it was, because at the time, obviously, as you say, Frank and Sky parted ways, and Frank Warren did just a pure Frank Warren thing, which was, right, fuck it, I'll start my own channel. That was difficult then, or it's a lot more difficult then than it is now. Now, I'm not saying it's easy, but with the way the digital platform has evolved, it's a lot easier. And, and this is the way it's going, isn't it? And I know Sky have signed four-year deals. Um, the Premier League has rolled over till 2025. We don't want to get too bogged down in all that stuff, but, but they're, they're solid. They're not, they're not going anywhere. But there's the zone. Um, Pro Bellum have arrived. They will be looking to put their fights on a platform, whether they create their own or it's someone else's. I'm doing something for Wasserman on Thursday that's going on Boxing Social, MTK yeah. or on IFL TV. This is, this is here and it's not changing, is it? This is the way the world is, the world is, is going now. And as you say, 10 years ago, it was a lot harder than it is now. So are we ever, do you think, going to have a situation again where you will have one place where you can get the really big fights? Because I don't, personally. I think this is how it's going to be. I don't know. We lost HBO, was it, a couple of years ago now to boxing. You've just seen the numbers there. Canelo's last fight on pay-per-view done really well. Didn't the Canelo's fight against Plant? Everyone's saying they did really good numbers. Um, so you've got PBC over there. You've got Showtime um, still involved, and they seem to be still going strong. They're investing. They know it's a long game, and 
some are trying to freeze, freeze Eddie in the zone and what they're trying to do. I don't think Eddie helped himself by going in saying pay-per-view's dead. Um, do you understand the, the market's dead when, obviously, he's back here with Joshua with a pay-per-view model. Do you understand? And also announcing that the zone will do pay-per-views. You know, yeah. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, maybe they've gone in with the intentions of not doing pay-per-views and they've launched it, but maybe they just underestimated the situation and you think of what they've spent... And I don't know the the, the 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 figures, but you know, are they happy with where they are for what they've spent? Mm-hmm. You know, well, to put the price up from what one ninety nine to seven ninety nine, like yeah. that's that's a that's what like a, that's a big jump. You know, if you're looking percentage wise, that's a huge jump. Then they're announcing pay per views. You know, if you're Eddie Hearn and you're coming with this, we're doing only subscriptions, and then the zone are saying no, we've got to put that price up and we've got to do pay per view events. He must be thinking. There must be heavy conversations there. Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be very fascinating to see now. We we'll see Canelo, the WBC this week, say he can go up and fight at cruiserweight, Bridgewater weight, whatever it'll be against Maguba, to see what platform that goes on. That'll be interesting. Does Al Heyman get that? Can say to Canelo, listen, you've just earned allegedly $40 million. We can do even more. Now we've had you on board. You're happy with everything. I think this is where the first ball, AJ, where's his next fight going to be? Is it Sky or has it got to be the zone? They're the two big things for the zone. If they don't get, and they have done with Triple G, they've had Triple G a while, and with Triple G's deal was sort of like part share in the company and all that type of stuff. But they're two big hitters. They're the two big hitters. They're the two box office sellers in boxing now. Tyson Fury as well, I'd throw in there. But what I'm saying is, is they... They need to, the zone have to get one of them to there. I, I, I'm not joking aside or I'm going to go, but that, that mantra, as I would say, hashtag game changed, couldn't have been the biggest curse of a, of a hashtag for Eddie when he said game changed because all of a sudden now, obviously, AJ doesn't have no belts. Things aren't happening like the, what they thought would be, do you understand? And I thought everyone thought that'd be the end of Sky, but Sky is back in with Boxer and obviously um, Frank beats And a top rank deal. Yeah, top rank. You know, you're getting the best of the best on Sky now, or, or albeit in the early hours of the morning. But you've got Terence Crawford against Sean Porter, which is one of the best fights in the best division in boxing. You've got you know, one of the pound for pound fighters against a guy who, you know, really only on the last round, Daryl Spence beat him. So this is like the ass, not an acid test, but this is a career defining fight. Right now for Terence Crawford, who is, I think, in everyone's top three, isn't he? Pound for yeah. pound, he's a, he's a top top fighter. You got uh, Lamachenko boxing in December. You got Inaway fighting on the thing. On Scott. all of a sudden, you know, okay, boxer are fresh and they're building their stable. But this is a pretty solid card tonight. You know, the one the other week, uh, there's been injuries and fallouts and and, and, and different things that we've had. You know, that that's boxing, isn't it? It happens across the board, but. You know, it, they're building, and, but, but but it's bolstered up big time by the top rank deal. I mean, that is the pinnacle. That's the peak, yeah. That's the top of the top in boxing. You, when you're talking your Lamachenkos and your Winaways and your Shakur Stevenson, yeah. they've just signed all the Olympians, the US yeah. Olympians. Yeah. I mean, that's a clean sweep, you know. So yeah. they're on ESPN, which yeah. is you know the sky in America. You're crossing over to the NFL and the NBA and all the the casual sports fan that will watch a fight. You know, they're doing big numbers. They're creating stars. You know, yeah. I don't think boxing's ever been as uh, competitive. No. I think it's funny. I think boxer, you've got to look at when Eddie first came in, Barry was walking around holding Eddie's hand to the venue, showing him how it went, and Frank had just gone and we were all spell, spoilt with Naz Kawasaki and and then it was gone. Then Matchroom had to start and build again with your Gavin Reese, your qualifiers, all them type of things back at the day. And I think because everyone's been spoilt a little bit in Sky, I think they've just got to allow Boxer and just look at Boxer as Eddie Hearn starting again. I'm sure Boxer in three, four, five years' time, with the signings they're making and the way that they're going, I'm not saying got to be as strong as Eddie, but the content has got to get better and better and people realise that they're a serious player again. Yeah, it's early days. It's early days. And, and, and top rack, as you say, big kudos with that. 
all I would say about that is that most of that is overnight in the middle of the night. That's for the hardcore boxing fans, really. That, that kind of satisfies their needs, that, that ticks their box. But a huge thing, obviously, is where is Anthony Joshua going to, going to have that next fight against Usyk? Will it be on Sky? Will it be on zone? I personally think he'll probably go with DAZN. And the, and the reason I say that is just because Eddie has, and he signed that lifetime deal with Eddie. And I think generally fighters are loyal to their promoter more than they are to their TV network. I don't know whether you two would agree or disagree with that. Joe, what do you, what's your kind of feeling on, on, on where that fight's going to be? Because I don't think... If it's not on Sky, it'll be a blow for them, but certainly not any kind of fatal blow. If it's not on the zone, that could be a real big problem for them. They they, they need that, don't they? I'll, let me just intervene, interrupt here quickly because this get before I forget it. Because <laughs> I think this is a good point. So let's say they go. Let's say Joshua stays on the zone. I think he's definitely going to stay with Eddie. I think he, he signed with Eddie. He likes it. He's got that relationship with Eddie. But, you know, he'll also have a say on which way that goes. Now, Eddie's going to think, well, I've done a deal here with the zone. I want to keep them happy. But really, is even if they put it out on pay-per-view, because are they going to fork out? They might say, we're not just forking into our own pocket to pay Anthony Joshua and his opponent and put the event on. We wanna, we're going to have to put this on. But this is what we're talking about. This is what we're on about, the pay-per-view on the zone. But it's the marketing thing again it's back to that Sky Sports News the thing that drives the pay-per-view is that Sky Sports News hammer it hammer it all week there's announcements however many weeks out in the press conference then another one a few weeks out again we're down there we're trying to think and innovate ideas to sell a story and to get it out there and push it to keep the pot boiling keep its promotion isn't it so it's not just Eddie Hearn promoting it it's Sky Sports promoting it and that's a that Sky Sports News is a machine the adverts the soccer AM you you, you know you're a sports fan in England and there's a pay-per-view event on you cannot not know that fight's on when, when, Sky, when Sky go heavy on a pay-per-view, listen, you can't go into a pub and go to the toilet and not see a poster in there about what the event is coming out, a billboard, you know about it. When, when Sky start flexing and put that pay-per-view right out there, we've seen it before with Joshua Klitschko, everyone knows about it the same when they did Mayweather McGregor everyone knows about it everyone absolutely does it and that to try and advertise it in the zone what advert what what platform are they going to advertise that on social media casuals everything it's very hard now I know Eddie in the past has talked about putting some content on a BBC most probably a week later or a fight or two days later or whatever and then what price will you pay for Joshua on the zone as a pay-per-view 15 pound people go that's, I'm not paying for that. So there's that side of it. Everyone's sort of like used to now Eddie throwing 20, 25 quid in for Joshua or pay-per-view music. Personally, I, w- I don't want to see Joshua go straight in with music. I just, I don't want to see it. Bad I think fight, it's I bad think. fight. It's all, all wrong for him. If you start changing trainer, change trainer and go and fight Dylan White, Tyson Fury, go and finger. I think Fury and Usyk should just go ahead and get it on now, do you understand? Let them go and get it on and the winner will fight one with all the belts. AJ has a comeback fight, but to go straight in with Usyk, I think it's all wrong for, for AJ. And if it does, then it's all about money, really, which is... Hey everybody, this is Moto G Pete from the Noko Moto Motorcycle Podcast. Join us every week while we rate, review, ride, philosophize, and generally obsess over every single motorcycle make, model, and style that could possibly exist, plus news and racing. That's the Noko Moto Motorcycle Podcast from Moto One Podcast Network Studios.
a shame. So I understand exactly what you're saying about the, 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 Sky, the Sky platform. Um, that, that's an absolute given. That is an absolute given, the power of that. The only reason, well, the main reason that, that, that my kind of waters are saying to me that he might go the other way, Anthony, is just because the zone need him so badly. That could be, that could be the difference. Yeah, I mean, they could possibly, they could just guarantee, it, you know, whatever the pay, they might say to him, listen, we guarantee you X amount. And we'll take the risk on the pay for view in terms of trying to recoup yeah. that. They might do that. But that's the only way if I was Joshua, I would do that. I wouldn't be going... Their normal model is it's, a, it's an open book on the, with Sky and the pay-per-view and Eddie and, and Joshua. It's an open book. So, you know, they agree on what the undercard is. Everyone has to agree. You know, we'll get whoever on X the X amount for that. X yeah. amount, X amount, blah, blah. And then it's a split on the profit of what the show makes. So... That's, you know, from Eddie's point of view, he, he, he's not losing. It's, it's, he's not guaranteeing anything, and Sky aren't guaranteeing. It's a pay-per-view, and it does as well as it does. You know, but if the zone are going in, if I'm, if I'm Joshua and I'm going on a pay-per-view on the zone, I'm saying, no, you can take the risk on the pay-per-view, but I want a guarantee of what I'm getting. Yeah, understood, understood. It's, it's, it's a really interesting scenario. We, we've, we've had this for such a long time now with, with the matchroom, the zone split, and, and, and other things, and there are so many things that are possible over the next few months I think it's just an ever-changing kind of landscape and one I think we've we've, we've pretty much covered there just to get on to something else you mentioned Joshua and the rematch and how it's not right for him to go straight into an immediate rematch one thing that, that, that has been a focus of attention the last few weeks has been his kind of like tour of the United States and is he going to look for help with another trainer? We, we know all the people he's been to see, the likes of Ronnie Shields, um, the Reynosos, Robert Garcia, I think he went down to see as well, maybe Virgil Hunter. He, he seemed to go to pretty much all the, all the big names. What do you make of that? Because I think he's in the wrong shop. He's in the wrong shop. Um, he's shopping in Tesco's and he should be in Sainsbury's. He's, he's just in the wrong shop. Tyson Fury fought Deontay Wilder first time for him and he went and got an American trainer to be a good American I don't know why he's going looking at American trainers to be an Eastern Russian Ukraine fighter what he needs to be looking at is top European coaches at elite level Bradis's team who's pushed him close people in and around that that know that style know it better know it through the, 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 the system coming through but I don't think I don't think you've got to get an American coach to go and be a Ukraine is, is the right move. I think looking at it there, like, do you know what I mean? You, you, that, that's my opinion. You should be in Europe or over there in Ukraine or Russia, top coaches over there and looking at them and bringing them on board. If Rob's got to stay on board and if the, the other two fellas that are still at Angel and uh, who's the other kid? Joby. Joby, got to be on it. That's three straight away. So if they've got to bring someone else in, I think it has to be someone from there or one or two of them have to go. Um, but I can't see, I just think it's the wrong shop. If, if he was going fighting De, De, uh, Deontay Wilder, yeah, go and get an American trainer. They know him, they've got the spar and everything else. But a European um, uh, from Russia or Ukraine or that part of the world, can get the right sparring, the right sparring partners, do you understand, and get him involved and everything else. And he needs to, listen, Scott, I think when he started off, I think his team was around eight people. I think it's like 34 now. Do you know what I mean? They're all, it's, he, he needs to go Mr. T on it, as I've said to the lads in the gym. He needs to go Mr. T. Get into the gym, away from everyone, away from all this. You've got to remember, I think someone said to me... You've just, you just stole what I was going to say. Yeah, but but he, he's, got, he's got around, I've been told, like 32 blue chip 
sponsors, when you were saying about the zone and going to Sky, well, they're sponsoring. They want to see their product. Well, they're not going to see their product advertised on the zone, are they? They've got to see it on there. So there's them little uh, ripples effect. But for him, he needs to go into a gymnasium. And like I say to all my fighters in the gym, there's an Aldi beside us. That woman has come to work today to work on a checkout. She hasn't brought everyone in with her to give her a towel or wipe her down or give her a drink of Lucas Aid. Do you know what I mean? So he needs to just get into a gym and start training and cut away from all of it. And someone still needs to tell a few home truths. And from what I hear, he's very happy with his performance against Usyk. Happy. God, I expect him still to be in a depressive state, that he lost that, that way, that man, it should be hurting that bad. So it's like he needs to get being told a few home truths and go, no, not clapping everything that he does right or wrong, because th- th- it's all grey. He-, he doesn't know wh- who's telling him right. He just needs someone blunt and say, no, that was shit that today, AJ. No, yeah, that was all right. It was a bit better. And that's it. Just call it how it is. Don't be worried out. oh, if I say something, I'm going to lose my position or lose my job, and they're all in it for the money or the free tracksuit or whatever. And he just needs to be pulled away from it all, sent over to either, like, Rocky and Rutherford and Wrong or Mr. T, but he just needs focused, small team around him and go and do your job. Do you remember Rocky 3 when he says to him he's, he's training and there's a public workout and he's skipping and he's half-hearted and, and he's blowing bubbles and all the music's playing in the band and you can see Omic- and Omic- there has been and seen Clubber Lang and he's terrified of him and he, he knows he's a killer he's training on his own and he, he wants it, he's hungry you know, and he's saying to him Let's get out of here. Let's get back to the old gym. Let's get some blood and get some sweat and tears yeah. going, don't you? And he's like, "Nah, we'll be all right and all that." And he could see the mindset was all fucked. You know, it was it was wrong. But then when he got beaten and he went down to Apollo Creed and he took him into that gym and he, he, he looks in there and he says, "You see them guys there? They're hungry. They got the eye of the tiger." Yeah. He didn't have the eye of the tiger. He, he had it when he beat Apollo Creed. He didn't have it when he fought uh, Clubber Lang. He'd gone soft. He got civilised. He'd gone civilised. He got civilised, Rock. That was a lie. Exactly. So, you know, AJ now, AJ's become civilised. He's made millions. He's not, you know, we've got an entourage of however many. Mm. You know, uh, personally, I don't even think he should be looking for any training because I've changed trainers in my career. And let me tell you, it takes time to build that, get comfortable, get comfortable with the style, get confident, get on the same page as each other. It, it's, so you don't want to go into a fight that's probably all wrong for you in the first place anyway, which I believe Usyk is, mm-hmm. an immediate rematch. It's a terrible fight, I think. I wouldn't go that way. But if you are going into that one, you definitely don't want to be having to learn new things or build a relationship or, or, or get on the same page with someone fresh and new. What I would do was I'd stay with Robin McCrack and I'd get rid of every single other person and I'd have about five or six people in the gym. Get rid of all these hunters. You don't need... What, what are they doing? What are they doing, yeah. all those people? I'll tell you what happens when you've got those big entourages. People are jockeying for positions. He's stabbing him in the back. He wants to climb the ladder a bit more. And it's just a complete fucking circus. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's negative energy. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's... It, that's, there's too, there's, been, too, there's, too many, there's too many analytics and there's too much this and too much that. You've got to remember as well, Anthony Joshua's up in Sheffield, Team GB, which is lottery funded for the amateurs, but he's in a gymnasium there, which is an amateur setup surrounded by amateurs that are just looking up to him like minions. Do you understand? He, 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 he needs to be in a pro gym with pros who tell him what's right and what's wrong. And from what I read at Joshua at the moment, all he's interested in, or it seems to be, is becoming a billionaire. That needs to be, I won't say knocked out of him, but talked out of him. And it's like, you're in this sport to win titles, create a legacy and be an inspiration for other kids. And 
Joshua should go and buy his own gym, build his own gym, and bring in flying sparring partners and have it like that. Where it's out, I see the Peacock gym recently being out there. That's out there. Jimmy Tibbs has got a Mark Tibbs has got a place out there. So Joshua's got enough money to go and build his own gym. He don't need to be up in Sheffield around amateurs. He needs, he needs his, his own gym, wherever he wants to build it. Flying but, but sparring. I suppose you've got the situation with Robert. Then doesn't he? He's comfortable with Robert. He knows Robert. Robert knows him. I know what you're saying, but then it's like. Is Robert going to come down to London and train well, well, you? Well, then I suppose Robert has to make that decision. Well, well, Robert's had a, a good run on the team, GB. He has a great setup. He's been very successful and everything else. But you've got Anthony Joshua, a chance of becoming a three-time heavyweight champion of the world, who who's really paying you and everything else. Do you know what I mean? You, you've got the tail wagging the dog there. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but you know what? Anyway, before any of that, I just think Usyk's a bad fight, Star Wars. You know, if I was, if it was Joshua, I think, you know what? Get some. Get, or let's speak to Bob Aram. Let's get some uh, step aside money here. Usyk, go and fight Fury. Let's get an undisputed champion. In the meantime, Joshua either just as Dylan a rest, White. Joshua or Dylan takes White. a fight. Huge fight. Joshua Dylan White rematch. Do you know what I mean? Final eliminator. The winner gets the winner of Usyk and. Um uh, Fiore, I think Joshua Dylan White. They were talking about it for ages. I know it could have happened, but Dylan turned down four or five million and an upside. But for a UK fight, and you've been in with someone before, Dylan says he's improved. You've improved. Well, let's have a rerun of that one again and let Fiore. Well, I think Dylan needs fight to fight for a world title now. He's earned his shot, hasn't he? Well, how has he earned his shot? All he did is beat an old over the hill Povetkin that was coming in in COVID who'd knocked him out. But I won't say he's but, but he hasn't beat a Dante Wilde. He hasn't beat a Lewis Ortiz. He hasn't beat a Bernard Stavern. So who's his best win? But he's been consistent. Joseph yeah. Parker, probably. Yeah, Joseph yeah. Parker. Yeah, but. No, I hear what you're saying. It, it's, it's a really interesting equation all around because those, those are the four, really. If we had two semi okay. Fury Dylan White to fight George Joyce. Like There's a fight. Dylan White, George Joyce. Dylan so White, Joyce. Dubois. Do you know what I mean? There's, no one yep. talks about Dylan White, Joe Joyce. There's a good fight. Make that happen. No, that's a really good fight. That is a really, really good fight. It's It's. The discussion around Joshua is a genuinely just really, really interesting one. It's not just because he's who he is and, and, and he commands so many column inches and all the rest of it. It's just... One thing I saw in that, that interview he did with Coogan on, on IFL that raised alarm bells with me was, was Coogan asked him, and it was the first thing of any length he'd done since the fight. It might not have been the first thing at all that he'd done since the fight. Coogan asked him, you know, what was the game plan? And his answer was, you need to ask my team. And I just thought, but you're in there. You're the one doing it. And that, that, that for me, just I just thought, wow, when I heard that. If I'm Anthony Joshua, I'm looking around. I'm thinking, what is everyone's motives here? Like you say, is it, are people telling me what I want to hear because they're on the payroll? I, I want people to tell me the truth. I'd rather someone hurt me with the truth than build me up with a lie. Do you know what I mean? You need because that's the only way you can improve and, and make things and rectify things. And like, listen, if, if he was like I said, if he was my if he was my best pal, my brother, I'd say, you know what? Fuck that rematch off. It's a terrible style. You had a bad loss against him. Go the things you need to work out and iron out and clean up in your, your camp. It's going to take a bit of time. Don't go into that media rematch. Let them crack on. Get that undisputed. And, and it either take a fight in the meantime, or, or maybe don't take a fight. It's not like he's been inactive. Do you know what I mean? Maybe, you, you know, that was a pretty bruising defeat. Maybe just take a rest and see how things are. And, and, and just get your shit together. Get your mm. ducks, like, get your, you know, your team in order and that. Mm. There's, 
But you know who, who's going to who's going to tell who's going to have this conversation with him? Because like you say, Joe, are people are on the payroll and are they scared to say what he might not want to hear and they might lose their job? That's that's a problem, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the one other word that he said in that was accountability. Everyone has to be accountable. Accountable. That seems to be a favourite word, but. When you say what was the tactics, and he says another thing that I said, Andrew, well, I don't watch it, they watch it, they just tell me in the corner. So, but this morning I've sat down with Hosea Burton and Natasha Jonas, and we've gone through a few bullet points. I call it uh, a tactic session on the day of fight, just to reiterate what we have to do on the night. So, no one's doing that with AJ. So, in fighters, sometimes in fights, after round one, two, or whatever, and I'll say, How do you feel? How's his power? Yeah, all right. Okay, well, Joe, that shot we're working on, can you see it? Yeah, we can. I'll give you an example. It's just come to me. I know we sat beside me. When we fought Wayne Alcock, we'd worked and worked on an overhand right on Alcock. And Matthew came back to me, I think, round three. I went, I can see it. I want to let it go. I went, don't let it go yet. Have another round, another round. And then he came back and went, let it go. Boom. So you're asking feedback of the fight in there. How's the strength? How does he feel? Can you see the opportunity? Yeah, and I can see it. And that's what you want. But how I explained it in the gym. So let's say, for example, you on Netflix at the moment, all right, great series, watched it all, everything else. But I can come in and tell you how good it was. But you're still not going to get it until you watch it to know what I'm on about. So I can sit and tell you about an opponent and what he does. And you can listen to it. But until you sit and watch it, I'm not asking you to sit and watch hours. But at least sit down and watch parts of what he does good and what he doesn't good. So you have an idea. Together? And watch it together with your coach? Yeah, exactly. So that's just everything that's gone on for. Not to be able to go, well... I'll work it out when I'm in there. And sometimes when you're in there, your tactics might not be right. Matthew or Crawler in the past, or Beefy might, especially Beefy, might go, nah, Joe, nah, he ain't as strong as a foot. Fuck this. Sorry for swearing. I'm got to put it, I'm, I'm got to put it on him. So Beefy, I say, well, you're in charge. You know what's in there. You, if you think that's right, off you go. Do you understand? So you have that confidence in it. But the work it out themselves, fighters in there, you can't get them to do everything all the time, like football managers. They, they, Players and fighters have got to take some responsibility. We've done the best it's that we've done. It's a game plan, but things can change when you're in there. As you say, you can yeah. feel you might, you might have a game plan. Listen, Ricky Hatton against Castillo. You know, I've I seen Ricky Hatton a couple of weeks before that fight. Bucks, the best I've ever seen him, inspiring against uh, Alfredo Angulo, who was about eight and over at the time, but a big, yeah. strong, light middleweight. Yeah. So Ricky wasn't the stronger guy in there. And that's probably the best I've ever seen Ricky Bucks. Bucks his head off. Right. But when he was in there with Castillo, he felt, he, when they come on the inside, he felt so much stronger that he thought, nah, fuck this, I'm just going to bully you. Yeah. And he did, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? And he had him out of there and free. So sometimes you can have a game plan watching it on TV and you break the tactics down. But when you're in there, you, you, it, it can change, you know, you get a different perspective on it. Um, but back to the Joshua thing, I'll give, you, I'll, I'll give you a quick example thing. So we all seen what happened, do see th- three many, th- all the voices, different voices in the corner. Do you remember when Ricky Hatton fought Manny Pacquiao and he come back to the corner and we, we were, we, me and Joe would have known that yeah. things weren't great going into that fight with Floyd Mayweather Sr. and Lee Beard was doing all the sessions with him. When he sat down after getting put down in the corner, you, you know, this is, this is, the shit's hit the fan here now. You've had a terrible round during this big fight. So we sat down and you've got Floyd Mayweather saying, man, you need to box, do this. And Ricky's looking at Floyd Mayweather. He's looking left at Lee Beard. Lee Beard's head's between the ropes telling him to do this, this and this. He's literally got two people telling him to do two different things and he's like, he doesn't know what's going on. You know, I'll give you, and compare that to when Andre Ward got dropped in the first round against Sergei Kovalev and he cut, sat down in the corner and uh, Virgil Hunter sits there and he's going, man, he said, we knew, basically, that's it now. It's out the way. 
You've took his shot. You've been down and now you're up. Fuck that shit. Let's get this on. You know, and he's, he's tearing at me straight. He's like saying, like, you know, this is our fight now. You know, the worst, the, the biggest fear of happening just happened. Yeah. And you're all right. You're in it. Let's get to work on this. Yeah. That's one person talking passionately to him instead of two, you know. And, and I thought there was a bit of that uh, in the Usyk Joshua where you had, all, you know, two or three all the different people. They were clapping. The, the, there know. was one point Joshua got hit and someone clapped and went, beautiful. And I, I just looked in the corner and Rob's there and whoever it was behind him trying to shout over him. And you can't, listen, we've seen a little touch of it touching on the, the Billy Joe Canelo with Mark Tibbs and Ben Davidson in the corner who pulled the fight, who didn't pull the fight. We've seen it with Nazim Hamid with Emmanuel Steward and uh, was it Oscar, Oscar, Oscar Suarez. Suarez. It just doesn't, do you know what I mean? Just one voice and one voice only in the corner. And I think too many cooks have, have spoke the pros of AJ. And I think AJ, the, the side of him, and most of it would be like us it listens, to, it listens to this now saying oh we should do this AJ go the other way and go I'll prove him even more now that I can do it on a rematch and that's just like being blindness that needs someone to go no listen sit down and listen that, forget that, the money that's a fighter's pride and ego yeah. that's a fighter's pride and ego that is that's uh that's, and that's great to have the pride and your ego as a fighter to, uh, to be proud because that's your strength but that's where you need a manager to take that decision away from you go yeah you'll fight anyone and you'll take the immediate rematch because you're a fighter and you're a warrior and that's what you're going to do but I'm your manager and I'm telling you fuck that yeah yeah from a manager's you know, point of view Matthew manager's point of view you sit back you let you sit go and fight Tyson there's all the belts whoever comes out of the one belt you go and fight. You might have to fight Usyk again for all the belts. You could go and fight Tyson for the bigger fights for all the belts. From and, and by the way, I think he's got a much better chance beating Tyson Fury than he has against Usyk. Styles make fights. You know, Kenny Norton and Joe Frazier both gave Muhammad Ali fits. Beat yeah. them. You know, George Foreman blew both of them out in a couple of rounds. Muhammad yeah. Ali boxed the head off George Foreman and knocked him out. Styles do make fights. I know yeah. it's a cliche, and we always say it stylistically, but Styles do make fights. Usyk's a terrible fight for Joshua. I, I, I think actually, I think if anyone is going to beat Tyson Fury, it's Anthony Joshua. Mm. It's a real interesting one, and particularly the the discussion around game plans and adapting during fights is, is something that, that that's always really interested me. I mean, as you said, why wouldn't you prepare to the absolute utmost? But you do know when the bell goes, anything could really happen. From that point onwards, it's they might do what, what you think they're going to do and you might then do what you plan to do because they've done what you thought they were going to do. But ultimately, when the bell goes, you're winging it, aren't you, really? At the World Championships I've just been to, it's always really interesting, particularly in three-round fights, to see who can adapt if they need to and who can't and who can figure it out as quickly as they need to or hold their nerve, particularly if they've lost the first round. They think, I lost that round, but this is working. You know, it, it's, it's, it's fascinating stuff. It yeah. really is. It's like when someone says about somebody, he knows how to win. What that means is he'll do whatever the fuck he has to do to win. He'll, he'll adapt, he'll adjust, and it, but he, he works it out. He finds another way, if need be, or... He digs in if need be. Whatever it is, this guy knows what it what he can do. Whatever it takes to win. Yo, I'm DK, co-host of the One Star Recruits podcast. My best friend Rip and I host five star athletes, celebs, business leaders, comedians, and coaches from around the world. Each week, I can guarantee you, the show will always have great laughs, catch up on life's in relatable ways, and have a ton of fun. We're recruiting you. We are the one stars, which means we can ask the questions that no other podcast asks to guests like Joey Chestnut, Evander Holyfield, Bobby Hurley, Jenny Finch, Ryan Lochte, Montel Jordan, 
new guests every week, compelling interviews that you want to hear. Check us out wherever you get podcasts, One Star Recruits. So just to go back to something that, that you touched on um, earlier on as a final kind of topic, we were talking about how many options there are available for fighters now and and how many like, promotional stables there are and TV there is and all that kind of thing. And Joe, you were talking about how Frank Warren signed up the really good level amateurs, national level amateurs, if you like. And it just occurred to me there. Is it now the case that talent spotting, which some people think had been a bit of a lost art for a while, is now coming back to the fore? That you really do need people now more than maybe you used to in the previous 10 or 20 years when there weren't as many options who can see someone who might not have won an Olympic medal, who might not even have won an ABA title, but they'll see them on a local regional show and just think, hmm, they yeah. could do something. I, I, I feel there's a whole generation change. Obviously, you've got Frank Warren still involved. Obviously, a boxer brought John Wishing. Um, old school, being there with Barry Hearn, Eddie Hearn, sees talent. And what you've got at the moment, you've got so many um, excited, eager coaches with the next Floyd Mayweather so when you are these people in them positions at Frank's with Andy Aylin or John Wishart Boxer or whoever it is at Eddie's now Frank Smith they're getting under oh this kid is brilliant you should see him you should see him you should see him and everything else and you've, you've got young managers that are hugely impressed by a kid but they've come into the sport and I, I think there's, there's too many new managers now at boxing advisors that don't know boxing wouldn't know a good fighter from a bad fighter until it hit him in the face and and the promoters are listening to them because the friends are this one that one and they haven't got a clue that they do not know you've got to look in america you go to brad jacobs in america do you know what i mean there's good 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 people like that and i feel that the, the, the new managers that they're coming in the keen and the eager and they're, they're trying to sell a product but like, like, like i say i i I feel the experience, I feel John Wish is a good man, Andy Aylin, there's people about, but the new breed coming through. Most probably, I've, I've watched a couple of amateur fights, what, been to a few white-collar events, and it's seen they're a boxing manager, and they're in, and they don't really know. We, me and Matthew were talking about before, we could sit down and have a conversation with them, and we couldn't last five minutes with them, because you just think, you have no idea of boxing at all, how it works, a fight, uh, this, what they're feeling through, and everything else. I think that's half the frustrating thing. There's a, there was a lot of, um, what's the, the Scottish uh, manager years ago? Tommy, Tommy Gilmore. So you've got the likes of Tommy Gilmore, which was uh, uh, an old one in Scotland. You've got Steve Woods in Manchester, do you know what I mean? Good managers that know fighters good talent and that's what the need to be there that the new ones are coming through and they've got this kid and that kid and listen they found out in a few fights do you understand it's, it, it, it is, is a hard they haven't earned the stripes they no. haven't paid their dues they haven't served their time <laughs> whatever whatever's cliche you want to use to describe it you know they're in it five minutes they don't know you know yeah when, it, when things are going great and you know that's great but like what about you know there's no real there's no guidance you know, there's no, there's no experience, and, and you can't buy experience. You have to serve your time to, 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 in order to gain it. Um, you know, John, John Pegg, another good one, just myself, John Pegg, Adam Booth, do you know what I mean? Good managers that, that, as well as for the fighters as well. Being around, know the game, know the inside out. So you look at a new manager who's just signed one or two kids, you put them down to a boxing with John Pegg. John Pegg, I'm saying, I was getting up and going within three minutes of that conversation. He's just like, you're just not... 
Do you understand? It, it, it's hard, and I think that's what promoters are doing now at the moment. They're trying to keep people happy, but because he signed with him, or it, that's that fighters, fighters now becoming managers. And I think, well, stick to your boxing at the moment and become a manager. At the end of it, you're trying to be everything what I used to get accused of years ago, trying to do everything all the time. But it's you've got to be, finish your career as a fighter and then manage. And promoters will go, I'll give you an example. I'll call out Dylan White. Oh, well, let's put a couple of Dylan's kids on the bill. But why you've got more talented kids that are more deserving, but just because he's Dylan's mate, he's getting on the... Well, does that make sense, Andy? It's, it's people keeping other people sweet, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I, d- I do think, though, that, that things generally tend to, to move in cycles and history kind of repeats itself. And I know we've had five or six years kind of globally, if you like, for, for reasons that we're all kind of aware of where we've hit a situation where expertise didn't seem to really matter, where my ill-informed opinion will beat your fact because it's all about opinions and they're all equally valid which which they're not um <laughs> we've spoken about that quite a few times and, and all that kind of thing but I, I do think that is shifting back towards where it used to be which is where experience and expertise does matter and, and i think maybe we are getting to that point again across the board but but also with boxing because if you've got a situation where everybody's kind of shopping for the same fighters which let's just give the example of Boxer and Wasserman in the UK that's what they're doing at the minute that's basically what they're doing and there's Frank Warren as well and uh, Matroom of course then the ability to really spot the diamond in the rough matters doesn't it yeah yeah big time big time like, like I said, I used, I used Moneyball as an example because it was in, I only watched it not that long ago, and it was, but it was good because you know you, everyone's going for the first draft, and you got these guys that are, there were a couple of guys that were just unfashionable because maybe the way they pitched the ball, or, or, or there was you know, or you look a little bit deeper, and, and one player was you know on a bad run, but actually he was injured, or you know, we, me and Joe were talking, having a coffee this morning, we were talking about you know, Tom Brady was it draft one hundred or something? He's one of the all times. You know, NFL. But, but we talked about you know Alex Ferguson as well, man management. You look, you talk about Customato, Angelo Dundee, Ray Arcel, Eddie Futch. These guys, these weren't doing twelve rounds on the body belt. These mm. weren't doing that. They weren't doing that. But they, but they, but they, they were. They they knew the journey physically, mentally, emotionally. They knew how to train them when they needed a day off, when it's easy. And they knew their fighters as well. They didn't just know boxing. They got to know their fighter. What makes him tick? When he's good? When he's not? What he's good at? What you know? His strengths? His weaknesses? And, but that takes time. You, you've got to put a lot of time into to get to know your fighter. Um, but again, like, like I say, you talk about the, the, the man management and, and also the, the talent picking, the talent spotting. Like I say, everyone's running for the first draft. Everyone's going for the Olympians. What about the guy who lost in an AB, uh, the ABA semi-final but can fight like fuck? Josh Warrington. You know what I mean? He, he, he hasn't had a bad, bad pro career, has he? Do you no. know what I mean? No one was... You know, he wouldn't have... The, right now, if he was turning pro, Eddie Hearn, Frank Warren... Maybe Frank Warren, if he's, you know, because he's, he's altered his approach and he's going for the ABA champions as opposed to the Olympians. But I'm saying, you know, if, as of now, everyone's jumping at the Olympians. But what about the guy, who, like you say, who, who got beat in the ABA semis, but actually he got robbed? Or, you know, he did get beat, but he was... F- his bird left him the week before and up until it he was going what I mean is if you're if you're immersed in it and you've got your your, your pulse yeah. what, your finger to the pulse or whatever and you're, and you're speaking to people these, this is the shit you know yeah. and you know these stories and you know why he didn't perform well and actually you know he really is really good or you think that's a kid I look at and I think he's always underachieved but I know if I could put him with such and such a trainer he'd get the best out of him that, that's the expertise that, they, they, this is the stuff that's not really happening enough because everyone it's just a, it's almost like a rat race 
for, for the Olympians or the, or the, whoever the, the, the new kid on the block is or, you know, the flavour of the month? Do you think that's down to most probably the TV, they want the product? And like in the society that we live in now, they want it and they want it now. Someone that's got to get the viewing figures, as I say, move the needle straight away. I'll, I'll reference two of my kids, Scott Quick, came through on the small all circuit and we ended up in big fights, Fort Valdez, Kyle Frampton. Another kid that didn't make the Olympics, wasn't a part of the team, but became ring champ, Callum Smith. Do you understand? There's, there's two kids there that no one was throwing money at to sign up when he turned professional. Do you understand? And same thing. So there is them kids about there, but I say too much attention is paid to it's got to be an Olympian and Olympian, and we show time and time again. There's lots of kids that do really well that don't become Olympians. But, but that's the thing. And if you so if you break down boxing, you've got TV, you've got promoters, TV and promoters. They're moving fast. It's literally, literally flavor of the month. They're moving quick. You're up. You're hot now. You got beat. Fuck off. Bang. Next one. Yeah. You know that's how it's ruthless, and it, it, it is. is. It's ruthless. It is. But the, the experts are the are the managers, or should be the managers. I'm on a good managers now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the ones who are picking the right, the good fighters, the good talent. They can spot the talent and, and nurture the talent. The, the, the two different skills, but a good manager can do both. He can spot the talent and nurture the talent, bring it along at the right place, and not be pressured by the, the TV networks or the promoters to make this fight now. No, he ain't ready for that. I told the story, I've, I've told it before on Macklin's take, where when I had breakfast, I was over at, uh, I, went, I went over that time, Joe, to uh, Youngstown, because I wanted to put myself in the conversation for the Kelly Pavlik fight. Mm. And in the morning, I, I ended up having breakfast with Bob Arum and, and Freddie Roach, and uh, Gary Hyde was there as well, actually. <laughs> and we talked about it, because he had Rigondo at the time, and he was, Freddie was going to train, Bob was going uh, to promote him. So, and we were talking about exclusive deals on HBO, and Bob said, no. I said, I, used to, I never do them anymore. Or very rarely, he said, because... And he told me the story of Oscar De La Hoya, HBO, and wanted, they wanted to make the uh, Gennaro Hernandez fight. And Bruce Trampler, you know, Bob being the promoter, said, yeah, they're throwing this one at us. And Bruce Trampler said, no, I don't think he's ready for it. You know, not yet, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he said, look, let's, let's fight Jimmy Bridell for the WBO title. You know, a, a much safer yeah. fight. Won that one. Moved up in weight. I think had another fight or two, and then did the Gennaro Hernandez fight and he beat him. But what they said was, what they believed was if they had taken that fight when HBO was shouting for it and throwing money at it, he'd have probably got beaten because he wasn't ready. Mm. But that's the boxing. You know, like you say, TV promoters, they're, they're money people. They're putting on an event. They're promoting. They're charismatic. They, yeah. They're good public speakers. You know, your matchmaker's the guy sitting quiet at ringside at six o'clock at night when no one's in there watching every single fight. He's looking at the little tiniest of details. Yeah, absolutely. And, and actually, with regard to the card that we're going to see later, there's there's a fighter on that who I think is in a really interesting position. Um, Reactpool. He's been pushed hard. He's getting a lot of visibility. I understand why, because he's got a really good story. He speaks well. Um, he's done really well so far. He's undefeated. He's moved quick with those four fights. One against, one against your fighter, Sam Hyde. Then Tommy McCarthy, Chris Billum-Smith, Jack Massey. He's fighting Duradola tonight. He's fought for a world championship for a world title recently. But he's old, and we don't know what he's, what he's got left. And they're hoping he'll win, and then they're pushing him towards a, a world title. Personally... I don't think he's anything like ready for that. But if he wins against Duradola, that's what they're that's what they're looking what they're looking to do. And and that is kind of that is a fairly good illustration of what we were just what we we were just talking about because he doesn't really have that much experience to be to be perfectly honest. No, no, but there there's Sky Sports most probably wanting to put a world championship title fight on to get the box and get it going, attract move the needle, attract the eyeballs, and Richard Rappel, like you say, has got a good 
um, story to tell. But boxing-wise, listen, Riatpo is good. He's got good potential, and he can punch. Ring savvy IQ. I wouldn't say he's there for a world level yet. Um, British title level, I think Riatpo, Chris Billam Smith, great fight. Do you know what I mean? Move on to Europeans, some good European fights that he could be made there. You have to remember, it wasn't that long ago, I'm not talking about, but Sam Hyde was well up on the scorecards on that fight, and all he had to do was stay on his feet, only through the hematoma, he had the fight won. Yeah, we did that fight. Yeah, so it, it, it just, back then, obviously he's improved since then, but there, there was a lot of naivety in his work, he was getting away with knocking everybody out. Hopefully from then he's gone back and he's learnt now, and a bit like Deontay Wilder, he realised he couldn't beat Tyson Fury with just a right hand, he needed a left hand and started working on different things. So I hope that's what Richard Riappo has gone, but to push him into a world title fight against a Lawrence Acola, that's, I, I can't, Lawrence has come on well, or Abradis, but you just think, wow, that's a, that's, that's a big jump. I understand when you've got the talent of a Lomachenko, when you can go, yeah, he's ready to go, do you understand? But Riappo, I'm not sure in his amateur experience, I don't know whether he's ABA champion or whatever, but you usually wouldn't take that bit of a risk. But, but that's where you need a strong manager, trainer, who aren't going to succumb to the pressure of the promoter and the TV networks, because they want results now. Like you say, it's, it's such a... Um, a competitive market now everyone's trying to move so fast so the you know people want to believe that let's say Rappos ready for a world title we can answer world title he's on Scottish Sports right? but you know maybe the trainer and the manager think mm, nah he's not ready for that I don't want that yet we're working on things he's, he's a work in progress he's getting better he's developing I don't want to rush him now and throw him in the deep end mm. you know because if he gets beaten here now you know I might lose him where you know maybe in a couple of fights time or three fights he, he'll be ready for that so you know the, the pace and the fights that we, you pick and choose at the right time is so key for a fighter's development yeah I, I think with, with Richard like say it's the first time I think it's headlining he's got big push spotlight and it's how that handled that occasion the nerves the attraction everyone on to him tickets and I think you've just got to look at what Frank did with Ricky before he made that big push for world title to Zoom, he had that WBU belt, but he fought at the arena, started building, started getting used to it, grew into that environment, loved the ring walks, beat kids there or thereabouts, just gone over the other side of the hill, and then he thought, right, I'm used to the spotlight, I'm used to the attention from Sky, I'm ready for this now, and it was a big moment, and he was ready for the big moment, and it's them things, the build-up of it, handling media pressure, that's also can get to a fight, and now it will be a good... In- Good example tonight how Richard Riappo has handled the build up to this fight and how he performs and how he handles it afterwards. I mentioned him just because he, he popped into my head as, as just a good case study of exactly what we were talking about. We wish him all the best later on. Me and Matt, I think, did pretty much all of those four fights that I mentioned. And he did brilliantly well to just keep moving through those kinds of opponents because you would have made the opponent the favourite probably. In, in maybe every single one of them uh, with the British title fight for the vacant title against Massey, you would say at that point probably being a 50-50. So, you know, I'm not having a dig at him in any way, shape or form. He's done, he's done tremendously well. He's just an example of what we were talking about, about fighters being pushed and he is being pushed. That's just the situation, the situation he's in. So just before we go, let's have a quick update on, uh, on the Gallagher stable. Um, I remember you saying to us not that long ago, yeah, when, these, when, when this crop I've got here come through and they're all finished, I'm going to retire, that'll be me done. And me and Macklin were just looking at each other just thinking, bullshit. You'll be saying that in 10 years. It, exactly, exactly. Some of them have, some of them have, have you know, Quig's retired, yeah. um, Crawler's retired, um, Callum's now with Buddy. Yeah. Um, but you're still in it, you still love it, don't you? You've got a world title in the offing with, um, with Callum, with Callum Johnson. 
so Bob Adam says on social media. So uh, that, that's all I say. That. But listen, we've got uh, Paul Butler world title um, December the eleventh. Callum Johnson hopefully that gets signed off world title in the new year. Natasha Jonas twenty twenty two world title. So Jose Burton two time British champion hopefully Touchwood um, tonight. So yeah, Mark Heffern has joined me back again. He started his career with me. Had seven fights um, with Gary Hyde if you remember rightly, and then. Um, so he's moved up to super middleweight, doing well. Charlie Edwards is on board now. He's a fight or two away from challenging for a world title. Um, Callum Thompson is um, doing really well, signed with Frank. He's 3-0. and We'll be out again before the year. And we've got a couple of fighters. Macaulay that, McGowan. We yeah, talk. Macaulay McGowan. People have asked me about Macaulay McGowan, why, why I've brought him on board. Well, Macaulay was a, was a, a good amateur, won national titles, was 14-0. Covid came and then he got a chance to go and fight in Kazakhstan for good money, which he did. Then he come back and fought Kieran and Conway, and now, like I say, he's fighting in two. People are looking at him as a, a journeyman, but he isn't. He's in the gymnasium. He's training. He's learning, and we're just trying to change people's mindset. So we're waiting for a fight date for him soon. But he still believes in himself in becoming an English or British champion. He's training hard. He's um, self-investing himself, reading books. Everything else, in his, and you can see the improvements in the gymnasium and the sparring that he's doing. So, isn't always the big hitters like you say, Charlie Edwards and everyone else. It's like McCall and McGowan, and he's like, nah, I'd be happy with him. I box with his dad when we all came off the same estate, Ben Chill and Withinshaw. And I just think to myself, no, you can definitely win a central area, you can win in English, and we can fight for a British depending who we're against, but there is potential in that kid still. And someone I know is a, a character, and he asks, during the, the in-between rounds how's Man City getting on but a lot of people endeared themselves to him a little bit do you understand and he, he is a character in boxing and we need him and I feel he's, a, he's a, a feel-good story if we get the right people around him now and get the right fights I think he, he's, a, he's a really good story and we've got a, I've got a couple of kids in the ABAs that'll be looking to turn professional I've got a, one or two kids from Ireland that want to join us so yeah as far as one foot out the door I, I think what it was is over the summer I'd heard a few people say, or it gets back to, you know, in boxing, oh yeah, Gallagher will be finished soon, he's got no one, he's left him, this has left him, and listen, it is what it is, and that just thought, nah, sorry for fuck yous, I'll show you, so I thought, right, this, this is what I, I, in my interpretation, this is like my fourth, like Ferguson, my fourth, fifth team, I've done it with them, and I'll do it with them, and people are talking like they're finished, and I'm like, Natasha Jonas, Callum Johnson, Paul Butler, Jose Burton, you're talking like the shits. Do you know what I mean? They're Olympians, former world champions, British champions. Don't be so uh, disrespectful with them. Do you know what I mean? Marcus Morrison just stepped up to fight Zach Parker. Obviously not a superman. It was an opportunity. Marcus always carried the power. He'll come back again, fight for a British. So, yeah, there was that thing in me like, right, we'll go again now with this and um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We've got a massive year ahead, massive. Good, good. That, that's 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 generally what happens, isn't it? You know, you you, it's um, it's just that one person that has to say it. And you go, you fucking what, right? Yeah. I fucking show you. And it's like, have we, have 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 I not showed you enough what, what we've done? So, anyway, it is what it is. And um, the gym's flying. Great atmosphere. Crawlers in the gymnasium. He's helping out. He's got some good fighters coming through. And there's a great great vibe in that. And it's good to see Crawler develop as a coach as well in the gymnasium in the environment as well. So. Uh, He's got to be a very good coach in years to come, Anthony Crawler. What knowledge he's picked up on the travels, being in the corner with me, with Matthew in Germany and all around the world, Brandon Rios, John Murray. He's, um, he's gained an awful lot of knowledge, but he's got to be a very good coach in years to come. OK, I think we'll, we'll wind it up there in that case. Um, just, just one quick thing from me before we go. Quite a few people have been asking me over the last few weeks what's going on with me, basically, and, and am, I, am I still working 
uh, for Sky, commentating for Sky, because I've not been on the last few shows. And uh, the answer is that in the future, very much so, hopefully uh, I'll be featuring on the platform from time to time, but you won't find me doing any more undercards because over the summer, really, I just decided that that wasn't really the right thing for me. It wasn't really the right fit for me um, going forward. So I won't be I won't be in that role anymore, um, which will mean that I'll, I'll, I'll feature less. But I decided that was that was the best thing for me. And yeah, all very, all very amicable. It's it's kind of worked out perfectly timing wise, because with the Sky TV shows being shorter than they than they were, they don't even really need an undercard commentator. So there's kind of no harm, no foul um, anywhere uh, from from either side. So. Yeah, that, that's that's the reason you won't you won't have seen me on there. Uh, you'll see me popping up in other places. Talk Sport tonight, Wasserman on Thursday night, and uh, a few other things. A few other things on the on the horizon. But but anyway, I'm not really one for going into detail about me. I'm not one of these media nut jobs who thinks that people spend their time thinking about what I'm doing. But 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 a few people had asked, so I thought I'd just answer it. Anyway, take care, everybody. We will catch you again next time. Not that Maggie back in town. I said, Jenny Diver, whoa, Suki Tawdry, look out to Miss Lottie Linda and old Lucy Brown. Yes, that line falls on the right, babe. Not that Maggie. Back in town Look out, old Mac is back Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.